Good day to all our listeners and welcome to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. It is simple economics. If leaders focus on staff engagement, their people stick around in their organization. If they stick around, they build better relationships with customers and provide a superior service. This leads to satisfied customers who become repeat customers and advocates for your business, which leads to exponential growth and profitability. If you want to increase profitability through staff engagement, stick around and listen to this podcast. We will focus on themes from Herman Duplessis' book titled Lead with Intent. Herman is the founder and director of TTLI. Links of where you can buy the book are available in the description area of this podcast. Welcome to our listeners. And uh, yes, this is our first podcast. Armon, welcome to the first podcast. Thank you, Anu. Thank you for inviting me to be a speaker. Yes, I mean, uh, uh, Herman, this is our first podcast. I mean, you mentioned earlier on before we started the podcast, we started out with some audios way back. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so when we started um, the business back in 2005, um, we, um, we, we, we spent a lot of time in traffic back then when mm. there was still a lot of traffic <laughs> pre-COVID in yeah. 2005. Yes. And I think what we noticed is... Um, it's a great opportunity for people to learn. Mm. So I had a good friend, Franz, who had a sound business. And we went into his uh, little studio at his house and we recorded these uh, CDs. Mm. Uh, every month we would record two talks of about 20 minutes mm. uh, and give those to our uh, clients. And then later we used those talks as MP3s for our clients. And eventually it became part of the curriculum for some of the, yes, accredited, yeah, some of uh, the accredited programs uh, we taught at Monash University and uh, and other um, tertiary institutions. Uh, students had to go and listen to that and do assignments. <laughs> and we even interviewed some of our clients. You yes, know, I remember uh, that. Yeah. On, on those CD recordings. Mm. But I mean... I, I think, think I did two of them. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. They, yeah. They, did, they were the worst performing yes, of CD course. talks. <laughs> <laughs> they were so boring. Yeah, exactly. But I mean... Um, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's just fascinating um, how popular those CDs were. Mm. Uh, I think for some of our customers, we gave 400 a month yeah. uh, to give to their, sure. to their clients to listen to. But now, I mean, where do you find a CD player? Uh, you know, not even... Depending uh, on all your, uh, all your cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like you, you can't buy a car with a CD player nowadays. <laughs> So, yeah. so we can't make CDs anymore. Now we make a podcast. Yeah, no, so no. our message stays the same, but our method has yeah, changed. <laughs> now, Erwin, we've uh, uh, decided to start the podcast uh, uh, regarding your book, Lead with Intent. Mm. And we're going to delve into that for the next couple of weeks. Well, not a couple of weeks, but nearly, I think, 12 to 15 recordings, which we'll do yeah. on that. Focused on the and book. And focused on the book, <clears throat> listening to what you have to say on that. And also, we're gonna um, we're gonna ask some of our clients with each of the chapters in the book. So we're gonna have CEOs, yes. managing directors, yes. uh, top executive managers come and talk on the podcast uh, on th- on the principles of the book. So these are guys in the workplace practicing these principles and having great results with them. Yeah. 
And uh, you've said something very important at the beginning. This is to actually educate our listeners on, on, on what these topics mean. Uh, and of course, they can get your book at all the various ones, as Caesar said earlier on in the intro. Yeah. And uh, yes, so let's start off, Herman. I mean, you've written the book. Why did you write the book? <laughs> well, um, you know, we started working on it for a, a major... Um, financial institution in South Africa. They operate all over Africa in 19 countries. We started working with them in 2007. <clears throat> it started small. And we worked with a division that wasn't seen as core to the business. And the mm. staff engagement and the leadership was quite poor in this division. Mm. Mm. So we got contracted. We started working with them. And, and slowly but surely, we started raising the leadership levels and the staff mm. engagement mm. in this division. Yeah. So by 2013, uh, they went from almost lost to into the top five. So one of the senior managers contacted me and we started duplicating everything we did in South Africa across uh, the other African countries, I think 18 of them. Uh, and we worked with their staff in those 18 countries as yes, well. Yes. And what happened, um, and, and obviously this was not our only client, you know, yes. we had many other clients <laughs> as well. Yeah. But I mean, this is just the story of where the book came from. So, um, so we got the same results in the other African countries. Yes. Um, and so by 2017, this division was rated number one in leadership and staff engagement. It was wow. 2016 wow. in this big financial institution. Yes. And uh, last year, their staff engagement level was 97%. Now, world class is... 80%. Yeah. So yeah. if you look at the Googles, you know, that's the Gallup, what they aim the Gallup for. Research yeah, all, all the Gallup that. research, world standard is between 70 and 80%. Mm. These guys are 97%. They double the average of this financial institution. And now you might think these are just a bunch of guys in a corner working happily together. No, this is a massive division within this financial institution. Mm. And their business partner satisfaction rating is 93%. And this is not what they rated themselves. This is actually the customer satisfaction was rated by their, uh, their customers and their business yeah, partners. Yeah, so their business partners are their internal customers in this organization. Mm. So it's not how they rated themselves. Mm. That's how they were rated. So their staff engagement was 97 and their wow. business partner satisfaction was 93%. Uh, so obviously, mm. when we got those results in this institution, there was a lot of questions. How did you do it? Mm. Okay. And especially from um, the internal HR division came to us, human capital, and said, sure. what did you guys do in this division? They were at the bottom, at the top. I mean, everybody is asking questions. Of course they will. Yeah. Uh, but, but unfortunately, I couldn't give them an answer because... As we went along, we looked at needs and we addressed the needs. So we went on a research campaign and we uh, developed this research project and we sat down with top managers. You know, all the training sessions, yes. interventions we did. We asked questions and we came, uh, we came up with nine dimensions of engagement, which yes. we put into what we call the Tema Tandeka Leadership Institute engagement model. Mm. And uh, we identified that there are basically nine reasons why people disengage. Mm. We put that into our, what we call TTLI, that's Tema mm. Tandeka Leadership mm. Institute Engagement Model. 
And we took it to this institution and they said, great, thank you very much, but how do we use it? And we said, well, we don't know. We'll figure <laughs> it out. So we went back and we reversed and engineered everything we did. And we even developed an analysis, mm. which is very comprehensive. Mm. So we developed uh, an engagement analyst, at, analytics with a questionnaire of 50 statements mm. that we now run for all of our clients. Mm to figure out what the engagement obstacles are mm. and where in these nine dimensions of engagement mm. do people struggle with staff engagement mm. and mm. then we help them find solutions. Sure. So it's a South African product. Yes. It works very well on the continent of Africa. Mm. It is the most comprehensive engagement analytics in the world and the reason I say that is because I did a house full of research <laughs> just the house yeah <laughs> on, on, on engagement no really i mean everything uh, studied all the major models out there i spoke to all the big consulting houses showed them the model um discussed it with this yes, i know i, I mean you did that, we, yeah. we we even do work for some of the big consulting course, houses yeah. so so uh showed them the model they all agreed mm, this mm. is the most comprehensive engagement mm. model out there it's uniquely South African, and it really works, I think, for the context mm. uh, that we find ourselves mm. in, in South Africa, and for those of us doing business on the continent of Africa as well. So out of all of that, mm. we wrote a book. Uh, and the book only focuses on the one dimension of staff engagement, which we call the cornerstone, mm. and that is leadership. Mm. So in the book, we discuss nine principles and practices um, that leads to staff engagement. So if you're serious about engagement, these are the mm, leadership mm, principles mm. and practices that you need to use. So mm. that's where the book comes from. I think the good news is mm. we tested this model on 15 other companies out there. Mm. We got the same results. We got the same impact. Mm. Here's what we usually see when we go into customers mm. uh, with our engagement model is engagement is directly linked to profitability. So if a business gets serious mm, about mm. engagement and they focus on staff engagement, mm. we see that their profitability and their turnover mm. within three years usually doubles. And it's not just in this division, Arman. I mean, something that you always say when you talk about the book that I've heard when we were at a couple of the book launches already mm. uh, since March of this year, yeah. Uh, you've mentioned that these companies, that it's not just specific in this financial services organization, no. but it's actually in, in a lot of small, it's also small companies. Yeah, also in SMEs, small SMEs, and medium enterprises. Different, different, different uh, markets, industries, different yeah. industries as well. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, and then obviously wrote the book, yeah. uh, and then I gave the book to uh, Brand Pretorius when yeah. it was still in word format. And um, to a couple of the executives and CEOs that we work. Mm. Uh, and they looked at it and they said we should definitely publish it. Mm. Okay. Uh, the feedback we got was very humbling. Mm. The book was a lot longer. And then mm. uh, most, most of the criticism I got back was, we don't want to read a book longer than 200 pages. Mm. Please, Herman. So we did a lot of editing, mm. nine rounds of editing. Mm. Uh, I got nightmares uh, of my metric... Uh, <laughs> comprehension papers <laughs> so and probably some of your uh, 
uh, other studies that you've done yeah, uh, at exactly. tertiary institutions, you know. Yeah, actually writing the a thesis. Yes. And, you know, all these <laughs> academics constantly criticizing my academic writing, which is terrible, by the way. That's why the book is, it, even though the book is highly academic, it's, it's written, I mean, 95% of South Africans are English second or third language speakers. Yes. Okay. Yes. So... The book is written very simply. Mm. You know, you and I are both Afrikaans. We can only use English <laughs> up to a certain level. And so the book is also for two Afrikaans boykies like you and me. It's really yes. easy to read, but highly practical. And the feedback's been overwhelming. I mean, as we sit here, we know that we are moving closer towards 2000 in sales, which yes. is exciting. The book is available. I was going to ask you, how, they, 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 there's about 2000 now in, 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 in sales yeah i think in circulation but we yes. we we, uh, we haven't sold 2000 yes, yet yes. but i mean it's doing uh, you know the average business book in south africa sells 600 copies so i remember that's not a lot if yeah, you think about it yeah if, it's not a lot you know so um, and that includes uh, you know uh, foreign books as well not only sure. south africans but business books don't sell a lot in south africa mm. and um, so we were aiming for 600, uh, you know. Um, and, uh, and and I think the first couple of orders was already 800, which we received. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't think it was going to fly yeah. that quick. I think what helped us is our clients, you know, yes. they ordered in bulk. So we're Thank really you for grateful. our clients. Thank you for our clients. <laughs> we, we know who you are. Thank you. So um, I think that was very important. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, so our aim was to be average, but we're above average, it turns out. Yes, above average, yes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, uh, we've surprised ourselves. Yeah, look, let me just say one thing, Anu. Without our clients, we would never have no, had course. this book. No, of course. Um, we have seen the most incredible leaders out there. Yes. And we have learned so much from them. And if people buy the book, and if they read in the back of the book, the last page, all the acknowledgements, mm. um, they will see how grateful we are mm. towards our clients. Um, yes. So, you know what they say about us consultants, eh? People who can't do teach, if you can't teach, you consult. So, of course. So that's where of we course. are. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're not as smart as we think we are. We really learn so much from our clients. And the privileges we can take best practice to yes. all our other clients and yes. help them as well. Hmm. Good. So, Herman, thank you for sharing that. I think that, that gives uh, the listeners a great view of why the book was written yeah. and, and, and the background of that. And... So, so it's basically, in, in short, it's not just something that you've thought, it's something that has practically happened. You've taken that, you've put it into the book, and that's actually the resource we have, something that's practical, something that's yet profound, yep. as some people say. So, Herman, let's just get to some of the comments that some of the okay. uh, people have written on the book. And I think people who are really uh, uh, renowned in South Africa and well-known. Mm. First of all, Brand Pretorius, I mean... Um, I think two business awards in his life from... Uh, I mean, he's, he's seen by many people as one of the best CEOs uh, this country has ever produced. Uh, and I think if you talk about uh, achieving great results and relationships mm. in the South African business community, I think Brand Pretorius is number one. And we will have him on, on as well. Yes, uh, on Brand these will things. be so on the podcast. To our listeners, look forward to that. We'll have yeah. him as well. And, and, and he commented and he said, this is a great way to future-proof your business in uncertain times. Yes. 
Uh, what do you say about that comment? Or what do you? What, what? Yeah, look, I mean, that was very humbling coming from uh, Brunt. Obviously, I mean, you heard him at the book launch. Yes. He, he believes when it comes to staff engagement mm. um, that we are the thought leaders in South Africa. Mm. When it comes to future-proofing your business, yes. he yes. sees us as the thought leaders in South Africa. Mm. So, I mean, that's very humbling. I really think what he said is is true. Mm. I mean, if you look at the changes happening in the business environment, mm. talking about ecosystems, a structure, a mm. strategy, how how do you get your people to collaborate, work together? Yes. How do you and get, collaboration is a big thing currently. Absolutely. How do you get businesses. rid of bureaucracy? Yeah. Uh, and 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 get people to work across silos towards mm. a common goal. If you mm. want to future-proof your business and get your people future-ready, mm. uh, these really are the principles mm. that you need. Mm. You know, um, where and I, and I, I, must I, say, I didn't yeah. think about the book in that way, but mm. once he said it, mm. and I looked at the research regarding mm. future skills, future-ready, mm. future-fluent, mm. uh, I just noticed that these uh, leadership principles and practices mm. that we unearthed once again with yes. our clients, yes. mm, I, I think it's... Um, it's it's, uh, it's 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 what you need to future proof your business. So when he said it, I realized, okay, mm. you know, it's it's and coming from him, you know, um, it's just I'm so grateful for those mm. comments that he makes in the preface on the book. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I really appreciate that. And and I think what I want to add to that, Herman, what I've seen with our clients is the leaders who actually practice these principles have actually done really well under the stringent COVID times and, 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 you know, through this time, this past two years, you know, they've really led... Of uncertainty. Of uncertainty. Yeah, they they really led well. So we've seen that. So it's not just like he's saying it, but yeah. I think him as a great leader that he is and, and the, the yeah. profound work that he has done in his life and the great guy that he is, uh, 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 what he has said there, we, we can actually see in all the organizations we work yeah. with, all the leaders that are actually making it Yes. In, in these times are the ones that, uh, you know, they have been future-proofed by these things yeah. actually before the book was written. So yeah. they were actually prepared for this. Yes. So so it's just to see that again when you go back and you see that we've done it. We didn't actually know maybe what it was. Mm. But now look at where we are and we can see the results in yeah. business. So we can see that practically. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, most futurists tell us that we've moved from a complicated world to a mm. complex world. Now, yes. those are smart people out there. That's their words. Mm. Uh, and what exactly that means, I don't know. You know, mm. I try and listen to these futurists. Mm. Um, you know, I think sometimes futurists come up with beautiful language and, yes, and they course. wow us. You know what they say about baffles brains? Yes. So, <laughs> so sometimes I think it's a bit of that. But... Mm. But um, I think there's some truth in that. Mm. The world is not complicated anymore. It's become complex. Mm. You need a different set of skills. Mm. Mm. And I think these leadership and principles and practices yes. uh, is really a part of, of, of the leadership you need for the future. Mm. And then Herman Trevor Hudson, of course, uh, one of the great writers in South Africa yep. uh, when it comes to uh, some uh, great books that people have read and, and for various reasons and have helped him. He read the book and he said, um, it'll help you to be authentic, to be an authentic and effective leader. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, just your, just your thoughts on that. Maybe to, to it's interesting to... that he said that on because, um, 
to be effective, you must be authentic. Mm. Um, you can't fake it anymore because mm. this new generation coming into the workplace environment, mm. your late millennials and these early Gen Zs coming in. They see in through up, the BS. They see through it. You know, they, uh, <laughs> yeah. they can spot a fake a mile away. Yes. So if you want to future-proof your leadership, mm. you have to be authentic. Mm. You have to figure out who you are as a leader. Mm. And these principles and practices help you with that. Sure. Helps you to be sure. vulnerable. Um, mm. And it, it helps you to learn with your people and to lead with your people. Mm. And that's mm. why I think he made that comment. Can mm. I just say something about Trevor? He's been around the block. Many, he's, many you know, times. And, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's much more famous and known outside of South Africa than in South Africa. I mean, he teaches wow. at some of the best uh, um, seminaries. Uh, out there in the world. He's a great spiritual mentor to me mm. um, and had a great impact on my life. Mm. So, uh, I mean, those words coming from him is just incredible. Yeah, I must be honest, is one of the wisest people I've met. Absolutely. And I have the opportunity to... Maybe we can get Trevor to, onto the yes, podcast. Yes, we will, we will get him yeah. for sure to come yeah. and, to come and yeah. talk about... So that, yeah. that, that'll cost us a prego, <laughs> burger and a beer. Of course. To get Trevor on the podcast. <laughs> And then, Herman, a, a last uh, one that I want to bring up was Prof. Habia Klopper from the Da Vinci Institute for Business. Leadership. Uh, uh, leadership, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, 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 you know, he said the following, you know, uh, uh, the complexity that's usually behind, you know, servant leadership and, you know, the terminologies about that. And there's a lot of confusion sometimes and a lot of people try to sound clever. Uh, uh, trying to explain a lot of things. And he says, you actually, in your book, uh, 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 explain these complex things in a straightforward manner. So once again, I think what helps us as a business, the Tematandeka Leadership Institute, mm -hmm. is we have one foot in the practice out yes. there, helping real leaders in real business environments. In real situations. In real situations. Mm -hmm. And then we've got one foot in the academics mm. because uh, we're passionate about that. We've always worked with tertiary institutions. Always researched. Uh, uh, always. Mm. Uh, we love research. Mm. I mean, you know, I've already spoken at uh, some of the South African business schools in their MBA programs about yes. the book. There's yes. talk that some of these business schools are going to use the book as part of their curriculum. Mm. Mm. And that's surprising because it's not a very academic book. Mm. Um and I think what Harbia saw in the book is, wow, these complex things that we teach in MBA programs. Mm, mm, mm. Here is a real practical book that shows how it should be done, mm. you know, without mm. all the academics jargon mm. uh, that goes with it, you know. Mm. Now, we need the academics. We really mm. do. Yep. But sometimes we feel that the academics are a bit f uh, far removed from the reality yes. of the business world. Let me give you an and example. And that's a tension we actually sometimes experience when yes. we bring material to clients. Is exactly. They say, how's this going to work yeah. in, in, in our environment? Or how, how is it, it going to apply? Yeah. So yeah. let me give you an example. I was speaking to the UCT uh, uh, MBA students uh, mm -hmm. about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And we worked through the engagement model of the book. Mm -hmm. And I ran through the principles with them. And, and the one lady who's an executive in a very renowned uh, company in South Africa said to me, you know, this is, sounds great and she can see why it works. She really can. Mm -hmm. And why it will work better than international uh, 
engagement models uh, and why it helps mm. to have an engagement mm. partner like us. Yes. But she just wants to know. And, um, you know, how is she going to assign the cost of this to all the different division with different cost codes? So once again, um, that's the reality of business. Mm. Uh, mm. A, a business is full of systems that, that, that is created to serve us, but now we end up serving the systems of the business. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think the academics might miss the practical realities of business yes. uh, out there. So, uh, you know, I love the academics, uh, you know, but I also love the real leaders in the mm. world out mm. there leading. Mm. And I think that what that's what Habia meant with his comment mm. is mm. this book fuses those two worlds together. Mm. Uh, it talks about the research and how mm. important engagement is. But we also bring our own research to the table that we've done with our clients and that we've seen works mm. in practice. Mm. And that's why it's it's complex issues and we communicate it in a very straightforward uh, manner. manner in the book. As he says. As yeah. he says. Yes. Now, look, there were a lot of comments uh, also as well from leaders who've read the book afterwards and there were comments from other businesses we work in. And, and I've heard some of those comments, and, 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 and it's great comments. I mean, um, the guys can go and read it in the book as well. They can go and see in the story. But Adwan, let's move over to uh, uh, the specific topic for today. And thank you for the intro and the explanations on what these comments and, and, and answering all the why questions. Yeah. I think let's get more to the topic itself. Where in the first chapter, you talk about the context of leadership. Um, you say that leadership should be placed in context. To just elaborate on that, what do you mean by that? So I think this book, the context is engagement. So, so the leadership principles and practices we describe in the book is the way you should lead mm. and act as a leader mm. to raise staff engagement. Mm. So the example I use in the book is the example of, um, uh, what was the guy called? Um, uh, Winston Churchill. Yes. <laughs> Referring to I your own book. <laughs> I, nearly, I, I nearly said G.K. Chesterton, but it's not. It was Winston Churchill who, I mean, during the Second World War, within the context of war, he was a brilliant prime minister for the British. But then after the war, he lost the yes. election. And then yes. when he won it again in the, in, in, in the early 50s, mm. um, he was a terrible prime minister because that was not the right context for his leadership. Yes. So the leadership practices and principles we discuss here in our book, Lead with Intent, is intentionally focused on raising staff engagement. Good, good. Um. So taking it a bit further, Herman, um, just just a bit more about this. Uh, uh, what leadership context does the book uh, speak about? And you say engagement. So let's take that a bit further. Okay. Um, so just talk a bit about engagement a bit more. How 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 does that look like uh, yeah. in in your view? And 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 what you're trying to say in a book about that? And uh, okay. yes. So so let me say more about the context. I think. Uh, working with leaders now for almost 25 years, mm. top leaders, the biggest struggle for leaders is how do I keep all my mm. constituencies mm. happy? Mm. Because a business and the CEO of a business or any leader in a business yes. 
Firstly, you've got people who work for you, the employees. Mm, mm. You have to keep them happy. Mm. Secondly, you have customers and clients mm. who you need to keep happy. Mm. And thirdly, you've got shareholders yes. who you need to keep happy. Mm. How do you balance the interests of those three constituencies or stakeholders in your business? Mm. That's always been the struggle for leadership. Mm. Now, what the research shows, and our research shows, mm. is if you want to keep all three of those constituencies happy, mm. Mm. you focus on staff engagement. Mm. And let me explain the logic behind that. It's mm. very simple. And people who ignore this logic, it's it's their problem. Mm. You know, it's... It's, it's, it's uh, to their detrimental effect. Yeah, it's, it's, to, it's, it's for their mm. own... Uh, mm. um, uh, what do the English say? They have a beautiful saying, it's to your own detriment. Mm. Hey, yeah. Mm. Mm. So... If you focus on staff engagement and you raise staff engagement, mm. you have a great place to work. Mm. If you create a great place to work through staff engagement, people hang around. Mm. If people hang around, they actually start building relationships with your customers. Mm. If they build relationships with your customers, they get to know the needs of your customers. Mm. If they get to know the needs of your customers, they can provide a superior service to your mm. customers mm. and your clients. Mm. If you do that, mm. you get repeat loyal customers and clients. Yes. So when you add new customers and clients, you don't lose old ones. You keep them because they know you provide a superior service. Mm. If you have repeat customers and you add customers, your turnover goes up, your profitability yes. goes mm. up, mm. and then your shareholders are happy. Mm. I think sometimes leaders think, okay, you know, to keep my shareholders happy, I have to drive costs down. To drive costs down, I have to cut mm. headcount. I have to cut whatever I do for my customer, you know, so mm. my customer gets a little bit less, mm. but they still pay the same or mm. more. Mm. And and I think as soon as you start thinking like that, mm. just the shrine of the shareholder, mm. you know, mm. as the Fortune magazine once called it. Yes. If people stick and only focus on that, mm. Mm. Um, you know, it becomes a problem. Mm. We say staff engagement, people hang around, happy customers, repeat customers, higher profitability, happy shareholders. Now, this is not new. Mm. If you go and look at, at the at the research of Len Schlesinger mm. with the Harvard Business Profit Success yes, Chain yes. or the Harvard Business Service mm. Chain, whatever mm. they call it, 30 years of research. He's now mm. the head of the Babson College, I think, mm. at, at, at Harvard. Mm. Uh, 30 years of research shows, very simply, companies who make profits are companies who have loyal customers, are companies who have loyal employees, mm. are employees who are engaged. Mm. That's why they are loyal. Mm. If you look at Gallup, you look at all the big companies who've done research for many years, mm. I mean, it's not something new. Mm. But within the context of engagement, mm. what kind of leadership do you need? Mm. And that's what the book is about. Mm. And that's what the nine principles and practices uh, talk about. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and I think if people read the first chapter, they'll also get that insight from you because you know, I've read it as well. Yeah. And uh, I think Thank it's... Thank you for reading think, our book, uh, on Yeah, th- <laughs> I, it was it was very hard sometimes. No, yeah. just kidding. Um, no, I think just chapter one uh, to our listeners that it, it will be uh, good to read that. 
And Herman, uh, you say, last question for today, you say that these principles are integrated. Yes. And I think that's a very important thing just to quickly highlight because sometimes as leaders, you would look at these principles and just think, oh, you know what, I, 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 I have... I have some of these principles, so you know, or I just have to do one or two of them, then everything will will go well. Yeah. Uh, so, so why do you specifically highlight that in the book? I think in our research, um, we found that, um, and working with our clients, once again, these are great leaders out there who mm. practice these mm. principles mm. Uh, and these practices, and we see the impact on culture. Mm. So, I think. Um, to understand things, sometimes mm. we have to divide and subdivide. Yes. But actually, we can't divide. Mm. All of this is integrated. So mm. in the book, we have nine practices and principles. Mm. But as we teach these principles to leaders out mm. there, they realize it's all integrated. Mm. I can't do one, excuse me, and not the other one. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all integrated. And... Mm. If I practice the one, I have to practice the other one as well. So all these principles and practices are, are intertwined, like integrity and authenticity. We split them up, but they are integrated. Humility, vulnerability, psychological safety, rehumanizing the workplace environment, um, innovation, hope. All of these principles that we found, they're all integrated. And we only subdivide them for understanding mm, mm. so that we can put our fingers on mm, them mm. but actually you can't divide them they yes. are integrated yes. these principles and practices mm. and that's why you have to see it in that manner yes and i like how you've subdivided it you have the principle then you have the practice yes. and then you have an impact on culture with yeah. also with a case study or with a story at the end yes. where people can see that this is not just made up, but this is where it comes from or this yeah. is where it happened. Yeah, so I think in our research we've seen, hey, there's a certain principle here. Mm -hmm. And how do people practice this principle? We explain mm -hmm. the print, uh, the practice. And then we also see that there's a, a, a very direct impact on the culture with that specific practice mm -hmm. and principle. Mm -hmm. And then, like you say, what we do in the book is, and I just thought that was very important, after each chapter, we give a case study mm. of where we've seen it. Mm. So that it's not just academic, but there's a story behind yes. it, there's reality, yeah. it happens in practice. And, and you will see some of these stories are very messy. Yes. We don't fix all of them perfectly. It's yes. still a work in progress. Yes. You know, and obviously this is not an mm. overnight fix mm. uh, for people. It's something you have to go and work at. If you really want to be a great leader, you know, it's going to take uh, you, I think, uh, some time to, to practice these principles. Mm. Well, Herman, thank you for your time. I think that was a, a good start to the book Lead with Intent and uh, looking forward to have more chats and then invite a lot of leaders to come and talk to us about these topics in the book yeah, and yeah we've really already got top guys coming so i'm excited about yes, that yes uh, you know and and more about that later on in in the series when mm. we delve into the principles mm. um you know and i think for our next podcast we we're basically going to focus a little bit more on the model yes uh, and also why this certain type of leadership mm. uh, that we talk about and um 
Yeah, and, and explain the philosophy behind it, which mm. I think is very important. Good. Thank you to all our listeners, and uh, that's us for now. Thank you for listening into the intro and everything else. Just listen up for the book competition coming up, as well as a few other things. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, Specialists in Organizational Behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on board. If you need more information to assist you with staff engagement and leadership, please visit our website at www.ttli.co.za or email us at office at ttli.co.za. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would you like to stand a chance to win a copy of Herman's book titled Lead with Intent? Then please share and like this podcast on your social media platforms. We will contact the winners when the competition ends.